welcome or welcome back to B&B Anime. Today, I am here with uh, the person who claims that he's just here. <laughs> I am. I am just here. Hi, I am just here. Nice to meet you. Yeah, welcome. and I also forgot to introduce myself. I'm Blue, you're listening to me, and Brad, that's Brad. Brad is here. Oh, I, I thought I was just here. This is This is interesting. I'm having an identity crisis. I'm running off an hour and a half's worth of sleep. So hi, I'm Brad. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be an interesting podcast today because uh, Brad's on an hour and a half worth of sleep. My sleep schedule is super messed up due to insomnia. Not the video game convention, but like, have I couldn't sleep. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I figured you were trying to like game jam out a horror game. What What's going on, mate? I don't, I don't, I don't even know. Anyway. Today we're going to be discussing All Out, uh, but before we get into discussing our rugby sports anime, continuing off sports anime month, this is going to be another two-parter, just like last week's, uh, because this one is a 25-episode show. 25 episodes and only 25 mm. episodes. There is no second season of this yet. No! I know. Uh, yeah, so we're going to be splitting this one up into two parts, same as we did last week with Kuroko no Basuke. So if you didn't catch part two of Kuroko no Basuke, that came out on Wednesday. We dropped it midweek. We're going to be dropping part two of this one midweek as well. So make sure that you keep your eyes peeled for that when it comes out. Because yeah, we're only going to be covering up to episode, tw up to and including episode 12 in this podcast. But yeah, so Kuroko no Basuke episode 2 came out on Wednesday, although it didn't appear in, on YouTube until a little bit later in the week. We apologize, we're sorry, but we got it up. So yeah, if you haven't seen that, make sure that you go check out Kuroko no Basuke episode 2, just in case you missed it, to catch off the second part of that. And yes, this one is also going to be a two-parter, so make sure that you come back on Wednesday if you want to hear the rest of the episodes of All Out, the rest of the, what we think of the rest of the episodes, and our overall opinion. That's all going to happen in part two of All Out. First part, though, you're going to get the news, you're going to get some backstory, you're going to get some, like, behind the, like, all of the, you know, all the, the, the extra bits that we- All the extra do. bits that nobody cares about. The no, the nobody cares. Everybody cares but, about them. We all but care credit about them. has credit has to be there. We all care about them. We all like to know who made what. But yeah, before we get into all out properly, I want to know how your week was, Brad. It has been good. Life has decided to randomly spiral out of control. Love that. Not not in a bad way, but not in a good way either. It's just I am extremely busy because two twenty five episode animes back to back. That's a lot. It is a lot of anime. Considering how much work you and I have going on right now and everything else, I was because I thought this was going to be a twelve episode anime, so I, I sit down to watch it on Monday night and I just scroll through Crunchyroll just to confirm that there's twelve episodes. I see there's twenty five, and I text Blue, and I was like, "Uh, we got a problem." Honestly, I remember it being a twelve episode anime, and I figured out why I remember it being a twelve episode anime. Do you start it whenever it was coming out week to week and then just not go back to it? Yeah, how'd you know? <laughs> <laughs> because that sounds like the most you thing that I could possibly think of. And yeah. it turns out I was right. Mm -hmm. uh, I got to about episode 16 and that's all I've seen. Well, that's all I watched the first time. And then I got ADD'd. That sounds about right. Yeah. And so this is the first time that I've watched it all the way through. I'm glad one of us has watched it all the way through already because I have not. I haven't finished off the last couple of episodes, so I lied about that. <laughs> <laughs> 
But outside of that, played some tennis. I made my part-timer my bitch on the tennis court. That was fun. <laughs> you roping everyone into playing tennis with you now? <laughs> yes. Because look, the more people I have to play tennis with, the easier it is to make sure I always have someone to play tennis with whenever I want to go play tennis. I mean, that's true. But yeah, now I think I have like 10 or 12 people around me that I've gotten into tennis. So <laughs> I am perfectly covered on the tennis spectrum. But yeah, that's my week. So how has your week been? My week's been pretty decent. It's the first week I've been fully braced the entire week. And I had physiotherapy the past couple of days. My wrist has been pretty sore, which is, you know, not nice. But I think it's just, you know how when you have like an injury or something and you leave it alone and then when you finally treat it, it hurts from the treatment, but that's just because it's, like, adjusting. Yes. Yeah? So it's kind of the way my wrist is. It hurts when it's in the brace, but it's only because the brace is putting it where it needs to be, and my wrist has been eight years not braced, and then now it's, like, set wrong. Mm -hmm. So I'm resetting it to the position that it needs to be, which, unfortunately, is quite painful. So, yeah, I've been having a pretty rough time with that needing to take some breaks from wearing it for a while and just like resting it doing the heat and ice thing because it's yeah the, the cartilage is probably pretty damaged i mean that's what the mri i'm getting is to find out but mm. yeah it, it it's it's kind of so it's not fun i can't remember did i message you yesterday and tell you to wear your brace i don't think so okay because it was it popped into my brain yesterday i was doing something i was like oh be a dick message blue and tell her to wear a brace <laughs> But then, obviously, I never got around to it. Yeah. I've been pretty good about wearing it. I am going to get another brace at the end of this week. I'm going to go get, like, a proper legit fitting for one. Because right now I'm just wearing one of those ones that you can get, like, in the store. You know, when you're in a drugstore, you just buy, like, a wrist brace, you know? Uh-huh. But I'm going to go get a proper, like, go see a pharmacist or whatever. I don't know. I don't know who you would go see. But, like, I have a prescription and I'm going to go to a place that sells them properly. It's just, like, outside the hospital. It's where I was recommended to go. So I'm going to go there and, and talk to them and they're going to set me up with one properly but of course because of covid everything happened so much later than it would do like i can't just pop in there oh i heard about this place that i need to go to go there the next day it's like no i have to call and make sure that they're open and see if i need to book a special appointment and like all of this extra stuff because of course there's so many more loopholes to jump through since covid mm -hmm. which is annoying but you know such as such as life right now mm-hmm but one out of eight weeks down, seven weeks more to go, braced. Ganbate, you can do it. Don't worry. If ever you forget, I won't remind you. Because obviously, obviously I can't remember to remind you. So, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm such a great friend. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even know what I was going to say then. Neither I talking, do I. No. I was talking to my mom about ADHD today. Mm-hmm. Because we're trying to figure out who else in my family has it. Because obviously I was diagnosed quite late. I was diagnosed by the time I'd already left school. And it's mm -hmm. quite normal for girls to not be diagnosed while they're in school because of the stigma. There was, uh, there's like a belief kind of that it is more popular in boys, like it's more common in boys, but that's not actually accurate. It's just that it's more diagnosed in boys, right? And it shows slightly differently in girls or, you know, tends to. And it's... It's kind of like a 
boys with ADHD are kind of like, oh, well, boys will be boys. So they run around and are crazy and they kind of are allowed to get away with it a little bit more in society. Whereas girls from a very young age get pushed to be more quiet and like reserved, I guess, just in Mm -hmm. the way that society is, which is sucky, but that's just the way that it is. And because of that, Girls, when they have ADHD or autism as well, I've heard, but that's not from personal experience. That's just from the comparison that I've heard of the two. We don't, we tend to mask it in different ways than boys do because of the fact that society has pressured us to be more like seen and not heard kind of thing. So yeah, I I don't know. I, I wasn't diagnosed until I was 17. And now we're just like looking at my, we were just talking about my childhood and like uh, everyone else in my family that we think has it. And honestly, I don't remember what I was going to say. How? Oh my god. Uh, talk about ADD. I forgets the plot halfway through a sentence. Plot? Where? <laughs> Where? Boobs? <laughs> Where'd they go? <laughs> Let me see them. <laughs> I was thinking of the plot in this show. Because that oh my fucking, god. that OP, my god. Yeah. Okay, do you want to talk about the OPs? Or at least the first OP? I haven't seen the second OP, so I have no thoughts on that one whatsoever. Okay, because someone who is not an OP kind of gal, freaking jam, dude. This is a jam. Did you did you get what I meant, though, whenever I text you? Yeah, that you said it was, like, all-out vibey, right? Uh, My Hero Academia. Was that the one? Yeah, that you it to? felt yeah. very much like a My Hero OP. Even the animation style felt hmm. very My Hero-y. Yeah, uh, I I did kind of get the vibe from you from that as well. When you said it, it was kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, I can see it. I I jam out to this every time I hear the OP. I'm like, yeah, this is this is cool. It gets me hyped. And I feel like for a sports anime, that's exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was, it was definitely a good OP, for sure. ED, I haven't much cared for it. I think I've skipped it after the first one, but OP was good. Yeah, same with the ED. I, I kind of skipped it. It wasn't really, it didn't impact me the way that the OP did. OP, mm-hmm. I could listen to it every time. You see, I could, but I was pressed for time. Like, I mm-hmm. finished up episode 12 right before we sat down to record this. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, mm, you know, I like this OP, but I don't have time. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I've just, for your reference, I got to episode 19, so I just finished up episode 19. Mm. So, news. News! Demon Slayer has officially become the number one all-time IMAX film in Japan. Yeah! And it's still currently sitting at number five all-time film in Japan, mm-hmm. but I have a feeling that'll change sooner rather than later, because, you know, it's Demon Slayer. Yeah. I'm, so that's just the Japanese, has it, it hasn't released worldwide yet, has it? It has released in Taiwan, and it is the number one film in Taiwan as well. Nice, okay. I'm interested to see how it does in its worldwide release. Obviously, it's not going to do as well in the high rankings in English-speaking countries, because we don't rank our films the same way, like anime films aren't ever going to do as well with our current anime viewing theatre way (laughs) like theatres most theatres don't show them so but i feel like it's slowly getting better especially here in the states yeah and more and more popular anime becomes it's definitely going to be more of it's slowly going to become more and more mainstream especially with the success of demon slayer because demon slayer has turned into a worldwide phenomenon yeah 
100%. And because those stats in Taiwan and Japan are doing so well, I think that's only going to push Western theatres to show specifically Demon Slayer, but then hopefully more anime films in general in the future, at least of the big ones that are happening right now. Like, I wouldn't mm -hmm. be surprised if, you know, they start showing things like my Hero Academia, like the next film that's going to come out from that one. Obviously, they missed this past one, but like, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, like the big shows that are doing really well in numbers right now, I feel like they should, if they don't jump on it, it would be a huge missed opportunity for them. And they're not doing well right now anyway, because A, people aren't going to the theatre very much in general because of at-home viewing stuff with like Netflix and Hulu and that. But also because of COVID, it's, I feel like most theatres are, doing really bad for numbers right now and they need everything that they can get and to be the first place to watch an anime film that does so well online and therefore so many spoilers happen I think they could really get a benefit out of being the first ones to release it so that people get an early viewing so that they don't end up like us, pe us people over in like Canada don't get spoiled by you Americans getting to watch everything first <laughs> so here's a thought mm-hmm what if Regal and all the other cinemas decided to start doing online viewing? Interesting. Like, buy your ticket online, go into a virtual room, and, like, just watch films on your PC. Now, granted, they would have to do something along the lines of, like, trying to set up software to prevent you from running screen cap software in the background. Mm -hmm. But I think that would be a really good way for them to try to start making their money mm -hmm. back without having to put employees and everyone else at risk. Yeah, it does make sense. I I don't know how they would manage to do that because I feel like it's probably something that like Netflix and Hulu have already tried to do. Mm -hmm. Or at least if they haven't, I think that would be silly for them not to try and do because they've already gotten established online platform well like i think it's it's something that disney is trying to do right now with disney plus with that mm -hmm. like 30 dollar membership for like mulan and whatnot mm -hmm. that's something that you need to consider as well because movie theater tickets are generally really expensive like i think it's pretty known between everyone that we all consider them to be overpriced but the reason why we find them acceptable is because going to the movies is is kind of an experience right you go there not just to watch the film but you go there for the atmosphere you go there to get out the house you like it's more than just watching a movie at home which is why it's kind of okay to pay those prices but to do it online for you to then watch it in the comfort of your own home, they can't, in my opinion, charge the same fee that they do to go and see a, a movie in person. And I don't know whether or not they would make the same kind of money by doing it online if, because I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't pay the same price that I would to go to the movies than I would to pay for an online movie at home to rent one for like 24 hours or watch it for a, a time slot. Well, again, it goes back to the thought we had about the whole Disney Plus Mulan situation. Yeah. I think it would be fine if you charged a higher flat rate 
Yeah. Because you can't control how many people sit down to watch that film. Mm-hmm. So in Mulan's case, you're paying $30 to sit down and watch Mulan, but you can either have just you, you, your significant other. That's true. Or go have 10 or 15 people over at your house and watch it if that's what y'all want to do. And you also don't, you're not limited to only watching it once. I think with Mulan, you got it for a 24-hour period or a 48-hour period. Something along that line. Yeah. And you can pause it when you need to be. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I think that would be okay. But again, if they set up like actual showing times for those films just to make it somewhat more of a theater experience, then I I feel like it could work. I don't know. They definitely wouldn't have time to get all the logistics and everything figured out before Demon or hopefully before all of the COVID thing. Do what? Before Demon Slayer specifically. Well, Demon Slayer specifically, but also before hopefully a lot of the COVID stuff cools down, because mm. I feel like this is something that would take a long time to try to R&D. Yeah. But... Well, I don't see it being necessary for film companies to use cinemas as a middleman. Like, obviously, cinemas are, are a middleman between when a film company releases a film and then it goes on DVD, right? They need the cinema to show the film so they can get those box office ratings, right? Mm -hmm. It's where they make most of their money back. But then with online viewing, I don't see why film companies would need to use cinema as a platform when they could just make their own platform. Like, for instance, no Disney film is going to go on an online cinema viewing platform if Disney can just release it on Disney Plus themselves, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, like they did with Mulan. So if all of the other big film companies just follow in Disney's footsteps, then online cinema via cinema companies wouldn't be necessary. Weird times we live in, man. Yeah. I really think that that cinemas should go for odd things right now. I feel like they should try and reestablish themselves as something unique and really play on that fact that they are an experience. I think that's where they really need to push for because that's what makes their prices worth it but even then they need to do more right now because people don't have the extra cash that they used to have because a lot more people are living paycheck to paycheck right now or don't even have a paycheck right now because whatever company they're working for is has shut down during covid or like people are you know they're not you don't find people with if they do have extra cash they don't they're not going to be as willing to spend it right now because people i think in general are keeping things pretty close to home because you never know what's going to come around the corner next month if we're going to go into another full lockdown right away or if you know or how long if you're currently in lockdown that's going to last because i know some places that are in full lockdown and and so i think people are are holding on to their money a little bit tighter so you have to make every penny worth it for people that are going to the movies right now for those select group that are, are are going, you have to make it super, super worth it. So they really need to play up that experience factor. And, and doing that, I think, I really like the idea of, you know, making some, like the 18 plus viewings, making it an adult experience. Possibly having like hot meals or like proper hot drinks, hot coffees, pair up with Starbucks or something if you're gonna have like a coffee company or, or you know, like get deals with other people especially other businesses that are also not doing great right now and make it more of a old-fashioned theater going experience as opposed to the kind of 2000s 
cinema experience that we're used to where you go and buy a crap ton of popcorn and spill it all over the place and there's a baby crying somewhere, you know? Well, I did see a photo of something not too long ago that Mm -hmm. apparently some theaters just in COVID times had decided to let you rent out an entire theater. Mm -hmm. I think it was like a hundred bucks. Yeah. And you could show whatever you wanted or the one photo that I saw, they were playing Mario Kart on the giant theater screen. That's awesome. And I think that's a really cool concept and idea. Yeah, agreed. Because, I mean, especially with games coming out like Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Cyberpunk 2077, that would make for an, a phenomenal viewing experience of, like we talked about prior, of how people would, or you in your case, like to watch your brother and how Walker and everyone else like to watch me. Yeah, It would make for a really good experience of something like that. Well, you could go so much further with that. If you were like, okay, so say a big cinema company, Cineplex. If you were Cineplex right now, losing a lot of money, not doing well with your views, why the heck are you not hitting up top like streamers and being like, hey, would you like to do a charity stream in our movie theater where you... Like we'll like you come in, set up all your equipment or whatever, play on the big screen in the in the theater. We can run like a a promotional thing for your fans in the area. Find a few of your fans, have them come like a meet up in the theater. It'll be a great place for you to meet them, have a meet and greet right now that nobody can really do, but also be able to keep that distance because I don't know. Say you got like a hundred seats in the theater, have like a 20 fans that are lucky enough to be able to come they can keep everyone properly distanced in that easily and then you can also have your your streamer like stream from the theater be fantastic advertising i can also agree with that it's definitely an interesting thought there's so much that could be done with Mm. this idea and i think it's definitely something that it would be viable for theaters to look into Mm -hmm. but i'm not i don't know nice anyway we were gonna Talk more about the news. What else have we got for news? So, not to change the topic from Demon Slayer, but we're back on Demon Slayer. Ah. (laughs) So, Demon Slayer is going to officially be releasing its final volume of the manga on December 4th. Dun, dun, dun. That's heartbreaking. It is. I don't want Demon Slayer to end. I kind of do. (laughs) Not because I don't, I don't think it's, it's, like good and I want more content. Obviously I want more content. But I love when good things end while they're still good. I just I don't know how I feel about it because after having one of those latest chapters spoiled for me, mm-hmm. I think it's too soon to be calling it an end. Do you? I do. Interesting. Because I haven't been able to talk to a single soul about the spoiler. But if anyone knows, you know why. So I just, I can't see it ending knowing what I know, or I can't see it ending so soon. Huh. But I guess I'll have to actually get caught up that far in the manga to actually know for sure. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's it's just saddening. Yeah, I don't know, I guess we'll see. I, I have only seen the anime, so obviously I'm nowhere near as far ahead as you are. I I really like it, and I hope that it ends off really, really well. I just, yeah, I have to say that I prefer things that end when everyone still, like, wants, you know, leave them wanting more kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely think that Demon Slayer has a lot to continue off of. Again, I haven't read anything past the train arc. Mm-hmm. But I'm incredibly excited for the train arc itself and also just to see everything else that's coming. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. We'll definitely see how it ends. Nice. 
Speaking of other things coming to an end, for the final piece of news, Evangelion's final film has officially finished all of its dialogue recording. Oh, fun, okay. So, for one, I had no clue that Evangelion was still going. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's exciting to know that they're making another film. Mm. I'm ready to have my anime card revoked, but I've seen absolutely zero of Evangelion. I have seen only bits and pieces. I have not seen anything in its entirety all i know is that darling in the Bronx was compared to evangelion a lot that's it i guess uh guess we might have to put that one on the list then oh god oh god no <laughs> okay oh god no maybe maybe one of these days whenever we can actually do longer series mm. yeah okie dokie is that all? That is all the news, right? Now, why would I say it's the last piece of news and then withhold something? Maybe you're trying to surprise me. Surprise! I have nothing. You're disappointed? <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> so, with that being all of the news, let's jump into All Out's background information. I want to know who directed it, who produced it, all that jazz. Do you have that for me? Can you tell me about it? No. No? Aw. So, there's a manga. <laughs> Is there now? There is a manga. Also, just just throwing this out there. Mm-hmm. Its genre is sports. <gasps> what? Gasp. Never would have guessed <laughs> that. Never would have thought that at all. A sports anime during sports month? What are we doing here? I, I have no clue. Running a I'm, shit show. I'm genuinely shocked. Yeah, yeah. So the manga was written by Shiori Amase. It was published by Kodansha. And its original run ran from November 21st, 2012 through November 22nd of 2019 for a total of 16 volumes. Here's the surprising bit. What? So, it was directed by Kenichi Shimizu. Mm -hmm. Its original run was from October 7th, 2016 through March 31st of 2017. Mm -hmm. So, it's been fully out for three and a half years now. Yep. And there's 16 volumes of manga. There's obviously a second season's worth of shit here. Yep. I want it. Yeah. And, you know, it's rated really highly on Anime Planet as well. I think it's, like, vast majority. I think it's, like, a five out of five stars. Because, obviously, they don't, on Anime Planet, they don't have, like, a point system. But most people have rated it five out of five stars. So, like, the overall is a five out of five stars. So people tend to really love it, at least from what I've seen there. I haven't checked out the sources, but like my anime list, I think tends to get more votes than Anime mm. Planet. Now, I think I know what the issue is. Mm-hmm. So the studio that made it is Madhouse. Okay. We've talked about Madhouse before. Mm-hmm. Madhouse is notorious for not doing second season. Mm-hmm. So that's just kind of how they choose to do their own thing. But it's weird because the stuff that they do do multiple seasons for is typically things that you wouldn't necessarily expect to get a second season. Yeah. Because they did, or just going through history, not just shit that they haven't done first or, or multiple seasons of. They've done Carb Captor Sakura, Death Note, Devil May Cry. They've done one of our favorites, Slice of Life slash Sportsy animes mm. chihayafuru and that got a second season it got a third season yeah but they also did the first season of one punch man do you think that there's a possibility that all out could switch studio for a second season i don't think it had that much popularity no 
the only anime that they've produced that has been popular enough to be swapped studios to have a second studio is One Punch Man. Yeah. And Bones got a hold of it. Mm. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I wonder if All Out wasn't as popular in Japan as it was internationally. Well, I mean, look at Dead Man Wonderland. Yeah. It is a cult classic in the States. Like, every anime fan knows Dead Man Wonderland. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just such an odd case. But I know I've watched some top ten sports anime reels just to get an idea of what to cover this month. Like in the case of Baby Steps to where we had to sub it out for something. Yeah. And this was in most videos top fives. Yeah. I, I've been a fan of All Out since I first watched it week to week. Which I managed- Excuse me? You've watched something week to week? I did. I watched this week to week- Back in 2016, I kind of forgot about it a little bit, though. But <laughs> what the what the fuck happened to you? I got hooked on it. I really, really, really did. And I don't know what happened. I'm I got to I don't know when episode 16 was released, but I feel like there was some big event that happened. What was I doing in 2016? Your Lion April came out. Dun dun dun. <laughs> I'm trying to think about 2016. How many years ago was that? That was four years ago. So I was 19. Oh. That would have been my modeling contract. I would have been in LA. LA. I would have been in LA. I was probably during LA Fashion Week time. This is when I was living on my own, like in the city, being a model and crap. Still watching anime behind closed doors, though. Can't get rid of the nerd. Uh, <laughs> you damn nerd. I had no one to talk to about anime during that time. It was so sad. I would go to work, work at the, the agency for like ridiculous hours be surrounded by some of the most beautiful people you would have ever seen. Like, wearing a sweatshirt with my secret anime t-shirt on underneath, being like, yeah, no, I'm completely supposed to be here. I fit in with everybody. <laughs> and then going home and uh, and just binging anime. Going back to my apartment and just binging anime. That was that was my life back then. It was a strange life. <laughs> it It's almost like a secret life. It's... Yeah. But look at you now. Look at me now. Now I don't do the modeling, I just do the anime. But now you do the anime, but you have somebody to talk to it about. I do. I have friends. Like actual friends rather than colleagues. And Yata. Yeah. It's fun. And you've got an idiot for a business partner. Who would have thunk? Well, at least you can keep track of things. So, you know. That's, that is a bold-faced lie, and you know it. You're better than me at it, okay? I mean, that, that is correct. Although you've put the most incompetent person in charge of scheduling everything and looking after everything, I still somehow managed to get it done. <laughs> because, trust me, it would be worse if I tried. I doubt that. But... Yeah, that's that's all the background. That's all the background? That's all the background. I got through everything that I needed to talk about. I've nice. done my job. In that case, let's go for an overview of All Out before we jump into uh, the spoilers and going into episode by episode and the comparison that I want to get to between All Out and last week's Kuroko no Basuke. So, overview time. We are dealing with a... Uh, High school team of rugby players. That is the sport that we're covering this week is rugby. 
And yeah, our, our team is Jinko. Jinko is our team. <laughs> and we're dealing with a... Uh, our main character is Gion. He is a first year. He has never played rugby before. And he has a... Uh, what is it? Small man syndrome? Is that what it is? He hates being called small or chibi or tiny little child, whatever, because he's grown up his whole life being much smaller than everybody else, which tends to be a fairly common plot in sports animes. Uh, it's uh, one that you saw in Kurokonobasuke, it's another one that is in Haikyuu, and in All Out as well, it's, it's a pretty common theme of character is small, underestimated because of their size, has some kind of personality trait based around the fact that they're small. I guess it works well for Japanese anime, and Japanese like viewers, because Japanese people tend to be on the smaller side. So it must be appealing to their viewer base, audience base. Right? What is tall? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you know, you're 6'4. What is tall? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're right. I know. You, on the yeah. other hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, what am I? I'm four foot flat? Four foot even? <laughs> I don't know. It changes every time I say it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how tall I am anymore. Um, <laughs> three foot seven. I'm three foot seven this week. <laughs> Somebody keep a running count of every height that I throw at Blue. <laughs> by the end we get by the time we get to the end of twenty twenty one, I'm gonna be three centimeters tall. I can arrange that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we're dealing with Gion. He is our main character. He's a first year in high school. He's never played rugby before. He kind of stumbles across the sport and has an infectious ridiculous energy about him wanting to jump into the sport into being amongst all of the top levels when he's never done it a day in his life and it's about him it's about the rest of the team it's about the captain Sekizan and their, his relationship with his senpai and the previous members who have already graduated from school and it's about them being a team together getting a coach learning about each other and progressing on to hopefully play in tournaments and hopefully do well in tournaments and yeah it's, it's a pretty simple concept of sports anime pretty consistent with the high school team competing against other high school teams in a large tournament base that's not very unique to this specific anime but this one is quite unique because I don't know off the top of my head another anime that is based around rugby I don't either no nah. So I find this one pretty unique in that sense. But yeah. Oh, oh, oh. And also, <laughs> what I was going to say before I track on the spoiler trick and hats for anybody who hasn't seen All Out, if you do not know anything about rugby, this is a fantastic anime to watch. Because unlike Kuroko no Basuke, this goes into really good detail explaining things along the way. But I also feel like if you know a fair amount about rugby, like I know, I went into this knowing some, I had some knowledge about rugby. I played very briefly for a very small period of time when I was young, when I was really quite young. So I I had some kind of like very mild experience with rugby back when I lived in the UK. So under the age of 10, like when I said I was young, I was young. And so I was going into it with a small basis of knowledge and I didn't find that anything was over explained. Maybe if you're like a rugby player, rugby player, and you like know a lot about the game, you may find it a little bit tedious, but the way that they do it is very short little snippets every now and again of just 
teaching you, like, all the way through. So it's not like the first three or four episodes are crammed with rugby knowledge being shoved down your throat. It's like a trickle of information all the way through the anime. So I don't feel like, personally, if you know a lot about rugby, you would find it really boring. Because it's not getting thrown at you all at once. So I feel like you could watch it and then just be like, oh yeah, you know, and just not pay attention for those, like, 15 seconds while they explain that one thing and then go on and watch the rest of the episode, you know? Agreed. Yeah. But for somebody who doesn't know anything about rugby, I feel like it's a fantastic place to start and might even get you interested in a sport that you've never even thought of learning about before. So, yeah. I know I'm intrigued. Yeah. Well, uh, American football is incredibly similar to rugby because if I remember correctly, and this is me going off of knowledge my dad told me once many years ago, (laughs) but rugby, football, and American football all originated in the UK from a collection of schools, like all boys schools, and they all went under the same name of football, and then they tried to make a league, but they couldn't make a league because all of the schools had different rules and regulations, and they all disagreed on those rules and regulations, and so they ended up coming out with three different sports, and American football ended up going to the US where it kind of cultivated there. Rugby kind of became a thing and then went down into Australia more, and that's kind of where it's pro- uh, really prominent, and in Wales as well. And then football kind of became the main one in the UK, in England, but I think they all originated as being like the same sport and then they tried to make a league and couldn't because all the schools had different rules and so then they separated off into three different individual sports i think that's how that went somebody who has better sports knowledge will be able to correct the history on that or give more details than that but yeah rugby and american football are pretty similar in sports in like the way that they they work they are somewhat similar mm. There are some major differences, though. But the, yeah, there are things in common that you can see between the two. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, so spoiler chicken hats on. And I'm first to want to talk about the... Uh, actually, do I want to talk about it now? Or do I, okay, yeah. I guess we'll get into the episodes, and then when I come across it, then we will talk about it. Wait, what? The comparison between Kuroko and this. About oh, their first the explanations? Game. About the first game. First game. First game. First game. Oh, that. Yeah. Because I feel like All Out did a really, really good job. Yes, it's definitely what Kuriko should have been, in my yeah. opinion. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into more in. We'll get into more into that. We'll get more into that later. Let's jump into the first episode. Episode one. This year's first years are hilarious. After Jinko High School's entrance ceremony, a group of thugs try and make a gentle giant Iwashimizu first year become their errand boy, but. They happen to insult Gion by calling him small. And he's a huge firecracker. He, he does not handle being called small well. So, uh, yeah, they quickly learn that that was a mistake. <laughs> and Gion and Iwishimisu end up kind of like hanging out a little bit. And they go and watch their senpai at a rugby game, at practice, in, in, at their rugby practice. Gion is a complete noob and is enthralled and jumps in right away, full steam ahead. Yoshimizu, however, has apprehensions. He injured his captain and friend in middle school right before their national qualifying match, traumatizing him and making him not want to play rugby anymore. Gion gets him... Gion actually gets him to tackle him to try and, like, get him over his fear. And it works, and he joins the team. That's our first episode. What was your initial impressions, especially with the animation style? Their eyes kind of weird me out. Yeah. But it definitely took the anime a minute to grow on me. Mm-hmm. It's definitely odd, starting yeah. out for sure. 
but it had a likable quality about it. Yeah. I actually remember feeling the exact same way. I remember being not, like, immediately attracted to the animation style and finding Gion's eyebrows really frustrating. <laughs> but I actually feel like it's it's one of my favourite animation styles to this day now because it's so unique that in my brain I remember it. Like, I can picture it visually compared to other animes where I don't necessarily... You know, I know the storyline, I know the characters, I could probably picture the characters if I tried hard enough, but like, they don't immediately come to my my visual brain, you know? Maybe that's just where you and I differ. Because mm-hmm. I'll remember animation over a lot of things. Yeah. But a lot of that too is because animation is typically one of the first things I look at, because if something is absolutely stunning, it sucks me in more. Yeah, I can understand that. As is the case with especially, like, your are in April with how colorful it is. Yeah. It's just captivating. Yeah, there's a, a romance that I think you would like that, that is beautiful. Um, shoot, what is that? Uh, the Ancient Mage's Bride. Oh. Yeah, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. It's 24 episodes, it's a long one. But it's one of the most, like... It's one of those ones that I looked at and I was like, oh my god, that's pretty. And I don't do that very often. So have you actually seen Marcus Bride? Ha- well, n- I saw that. That's it, though. So you've only seen the visuals from it. You haven't actually seen the anime? Oh, no, I watched it. We should cover it at some point because I've watched it. Have you? I have. Ah. I watched it week to week whenever it was coming out. Did you? Do you agree with me on the visuals? Oh, it's definitely very visually pretty. Okay. Episode two, I want to tackle. Practice begins for the newbies and Gion is determined to tackle. Uh, So much so that Captain Sekizan decides that he is going to tell Vice Captain Mutsumi to get Gion to do the turtle all practice. The turtle is an exercise where you have to, like, get on your hands and feet and, like, flatten down and kind of crawl but like your knees can't touch the ground with a flat back across the ground and it looks exhausting it's you just have to do these in football i highly do not recommend yeah in football we called them the bear crawl okay and it's not fun at all yeah looks horrible looks really bad so, but that's what he has to do, and he ends up doing it for, like, three hours straight. And in exchange, Gion will then get five chances to tackle Sekizen. Gion does this for days, and soon, with the help of some others, with the help of some others, some after-practice practice from Iwashimizu, he is able to tackle the captain off of his feet by going for those ankles. The captain, shocked that he was able to do this after only a few days, and uh, decides to lift up Gion's shirt to look at his back muscles. Turns out that Gion would hang from the playground monkey bars for hours to stretch himself taller. And because he had nothing else to do while he was there, he just did pull-ups. So he's got like these insane back muscles and basically he was just doing the turtle to correct his posture. This man was absolutely jacked from the back. <laughs> Like, they did that, and I was like, somebody in that animation room was just taking a piss whenever they fucking animated that. Yeah. But you know what? I actually really appreciate their explanation of that, because it's one of the most frustrating things for me when watching a sports anime, when one of the main characters starts off the bat having never had any experience in any kind of sport before, 
And then all of a sudden becomes one of the top athletes and their body just wouldn't be able to be like, to be able to do the things that they do because they have no prior athletic experience. In Free, there was a character who went from track and field to swimming and you could justify that because he was an athlete going from one sport to another sport. Whereas when you take a non-athlete and make them an athlete and then all of a sudden they're a top athlete it's more unbelievable so for them to do this and to explain the reason as to why he actually was able to to master that position in so little time it's hilarious it made me laugh out loud but it also explained why in a kind of reasonable way not reasonable at all it's not realistic but you know it's there is an explanation there, you know? You know what humored me the most out of that little montage? What? Whenever they did, like, the mid-episode cut, and they were talking about the indent that Gion left in the dirt, and they started calling it the Gion Trail. <laughs> yeah. Just where his feet, every single day, just dug a trench into the dirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, that humored me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, I like those little, like, the half episode where the adverts would go. They always made me laugh. I like how they made it the manga strips. Yeah. But not only was it the manga strips, it was like Crunchyroll got lazy during their licensing of it. And they put it up with all the Japanese characters first. They're like, oh shit, we need to go back and change those. So they white it out and (laughs) put the English text over it. But it goes up with the Japanese text first. Mm -hmm. It humored me so much. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand... They don't give you nearly enough time to read what's on the screen, so no. you've got to pause it and look. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> that did make me laugh as well, though. Then, oh, I got a kick out of it, because it was always great. It was really enjoyable. It was, yeah, no, agreed. But anyway, so the guys then decide uh, to arrange an upcoming practice game with Keijo High. They're a school, at uh, the school that Iwashimizu's old captain, who he injured, which caused his, like, trauma and, and not wanting to join the rugby team in high school, now goes to. And Gion starts kind of looking at positions of where he wants to go in the team, and ends up having, like, specifically taking a look at the wing position. Episode 3, What's Most Important? The practice game begins, but Iwishimizu is seriously struggling with his mental block. He's still not completely over the fact that he dislocated his captain's shoulder. um, Which I (laughs) completely understand. I've never played a, a full contact sport. That sounds like it would mess you up. Yes. But I mean, especially in a sport like that, that's debilitating. Yeah. Yeah, because rugby's rugby's insane. They throw themselves at other people with, like, a fluffy helmet. It's (laughs) not a fluffy helmet, but it looks like one, you know? Like, compared to American football, you look at American football guys with their shoulder pads and shin guards and freaking helmets with mouth guards on and, and, like, all of this equipment. And then you look at rugby, and they look like they're going out there naked, dude. Yeah, it's it's something else. Yeah, yeah, it's like when you see cricketers catch a cricket ball, and they just have no mitt, and it, it just hurts my hand. Yeah. Compared to American baseball. American baseball. <laughs> Not just regular <laughs> baseball. American baseball. <laughs> I'm so used to calling American sports American whatever the sport is, that now even when it doesn't need it, I still do it. American basketball. American baseball. You worry me sometimes. 
I feel like America's in its own little bubble with sports and then the rest of the world has theirs and then America just has their own their own sports. America, fuck yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean though? Like the rest of the world's on a different sports tab to America. Mm-hmm. Uh, it oh does, yeah, without a doubt. It makes me laugh so much when you guys have like the World Series and it's just Americans. Doesn't that amuse you? No, because no? I'm American. <laughs> But it's like, it's like the World Series and you have state teams as opposed to international teams. Yes, but they recruit internationally. No, but that's not, that's not how that works. We recruit from all the countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is the So how World many foreigners series. do you actually have? Uh, like five? Huh? You have like five foreigners then in total? Like two from Canada, you get like a Japanese guy and then like a Mexican and everybody else is American? <laughs> That's not five. Someone can't do math. Nope, can't. Neither can the guys in this show. But also, at this point, can we can we really consider Canadians and Mexicans foreigners? Yeah. We're all brothers and sisters here. We all live on the same continent. Technically, we're Americans because you are you know, the United States of America, and we're from North America, so North and South Americans are Americans as well. But, so, but we are still foreigners, because we don't live in your country. No, it's fine. <laughs> no, that's not how that works. You still need a visa to come up here, dude. No, that's fine. Visas. I don't need that. Yeah, you do. You right. only need it if you get caught. Uh, <laughs> you can... Travel through to Alaska. That's that's all you're allowed right now. Straight path through. But what if I need to make a pit stop? Not allowed. But gas. But you can stop for gas. That's it. Gas but and pee food. breaks. No, you're not allowed to eat. Just gas and pee breaks. But nap. Nope. Straight drive through. But nap. <laughs> Any more questions? All of them. Like episode three. What's most important? <laughs> <laughs> I already spoke about this. We already got into the beginning of this, but I'm going to do it again. Practice game begins. Iwashimi Zeus, seriously struggling with his mental block. The other team sees him as a weakness because he's struggling so much with his mental block that he's not able to play to his top ability at all, and he's unfocused, and he's just... He's a weak member of the team. So they target him. His old captain is frustrated with his behavior because he knows that he can play much better than he's doing right now, and so he's clearly aggravated with him for being like i like i used to play with you you are not this this isn't who you are this isn't the kind of player that you are and and is is like upset with him he wants to play against his old teammate and he wants to play against his old teammate to the best of his abilities but with some help from Gion from the bench, he manages to snap out of it and ends up being able to show his worth and kind of prove himself a little bit. Sekizen, the captain, has a strange relationship with their vice captain, who played in uh, who he played in their first year of high school together. They, uh, he was Sekizen at the time was surrounded by really half-assed team members who, and he was the only one who actually truly wanted to win, working ten times harder than everyone else. They're behind in the game and they need to start to do something so they can change the flow. What did you think of the humor that is throughout this show? It's interesting. Yeah. It felt very anime, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Yeah. It's very on the nose yeah. type humor. Mm -hmm. I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. It's part of the charm of the show, but it's very anime <laughs> Yeah, it's like where Kuroko had stereotypical, like, hair colours and uh, boob jokes. 
All Out has stereotypical, like, brotherly team bonding jokes. Yes. Yeah. I still laugh at them, though. They still make me laugh. I know they're cliche. I know I've heard them ten times before in different animes. They still make me laugh. 100%. Episode four. What should I do? Oh, how do I know? Is one of the first years who has actually played rugby before. So they only had two first years that had previously played rugby before. The rest of them were newbies. And... Uh, the other one is obviously Iwashimizu, who just got over his mental block in the last episode. And the two of them, with the two of them playing, Jinko is actually doing all right. But most of the players don't have a ton of experience and their teamwork isn't great because of it. Not to mention, they're missing a solid wing because their wing is actually sitting out this game. With just five minutes of time left, they are properly behind and Sekizen decides to sub in Gion to attempt to change the flow of the game back to them. Gion's just a crazy dude who can tackle. Like, that's all he can do. He's a small dude, he's fast, and he can tackle. And with that being his only experience, his only knowledge of the game, he doesn't even know the rules of the game really yet, and only a, like a week's worth of experience under his belt, of practice under his belt, he just charges in hard and fast, doing what only he knows how to, what he only knows how to do. And Gion, in the end, actually forces them to have to kick from a difficult position because he made them score a try in a difficult position not uh, due to not giving up on the chase. So basically he just chased a dude until he was in an awkward position. He still scored the try, but then he was forced to kick from that awkward position as well. So they ended up only getting five points as opposed to the seven. They end up losing the game, but captain the captain is actually really proud of his first years. He got a, uh, Gion got some experience under his belt and the other two that already had previous experience, Oharano oh, and Iwashimizu, kind of get integrated into the team more and get to know the rest of the players. And it was a good experience for all of them. They ended up losing their first game. And this is what I was talking about with the comparison to Kuroko Nabasuke when you were saying last week that you would have preferred it if Kuroko and his team had lost their first practice game to then establish them even further as underdogs and to make their next win even better. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. It's just, I feel like it makes for better storytelling that mm-hmm. way because it gives characters more room to grow mm-hmm. whenever they get their teeth kicked in. Yeah. Just my opinion, though. No, I actually really agree, especially in this circumstance where they are dealing with... the. I think, yeah, there is a there is a difference between Kuroko and this in the sense that Kuroko's group had more experienced players. Like, everyone on their team, except for the newbies who never actually played, the other first years who never played in a match... Everyone else had previous experience and they were a more established team than this. So I feel like it's more, excuse me. So I feel like it's more realistic for them to have won their first practice game. Although with everything that happened with Kisei later, it kind of changed that a little bit. I don't know. But with this group, I definitely think it would have been strange for them to win their first game, especially against their opponents who were a top eight school in the region. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Episode five, what's lacking? So they start a training camp during Golden Week, which is kind of like spring break, I guess. I think it is their version of spring break. Yeah. But How- it's everybody's spring break. I think businesses and everything shut down during Golden Week. Yeah. Like a large bank holiday. Yes. Yeah. But every day's a bank holiday. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not entirely sure about that, but yeah. Uh, however, with the teams absent 
faculty advisor, they've kind of been left without direction for years. So Gion contacts a now-retired coach, Komori-san, who used to actually be with the national team. He used to play on the national team for rugby. And he's an old dude now. And he calls them out on their practice methods and ends up working them really hard. The captain is happy to finally have someone to help them, even if Komori basically put him in a spot and was like, what have you been doing all these years? But he he did it in an aggressive, I am taking charge of this team kind of way. But it's kind of upsetting to watch, but because of the captain's reaction to it, him just finally being so relieved to have someone to rely on, it doesn't, you can't hate Komori-san, even though originally you're like, you're so mean! I don't know, I kind of agreed with Komori, though. Yeah, 100%. kind of sucked. Mm. They did suck, but like, they and they needed to be put in their place, but you also just feel for the captain because he's tried so hard and had no direction. Yes. It's a weird dynamic. It is. And he but he yeah, he's so happy to finally have someone to coach them. Which is great. Episode uh-huh. six. Giving everything you've got. With the new coach starting to train them. Uh the new coach, sorry, starts to train them hard. And some of the team aren't really taking things as seriously as they should be, though. As much to the annoyance of the delinquent Ebumi. He starts butting heads with some of the team and they call him out on going missing at night during Golden Week. So they're all like camping over at the school and he's like disappearing during the night. And some of the team members are like, well, where are you going? You can't call us out on not working hard when you're going off to go party or whatever during the night. But what they don't know is, is that he's actually been secretly training for a long time. And despite his aggressive attitude, he's taking it just as seriously as their captain is. It's kind of his outlet for his aggressive energy, because he's always been the type to get into fights and brawls and stuff like that. And when he realized that rugby, that all of his experience with brawls could actually help him with the sport, and he was able to take out all of his frustrations during rugby, it kind of became a sort of lifeline for him to stay grounded. And so he takes it seriously, seriously. He takes it seriously, seriously. Man, that's serious. Mm, Yeah. The coach tells them that their goal of getting to Hanazono isn't lame. Uh, Isn't lame. But they need to go all out to be able to get there. Throwing in the title into the mix. What? No. And Hanazono is like their big like championship tournament. It's like where everyone wants to go to really like show each other up. Episode seven. I want to be able to do everything. I spiked the mic. I want to be able to do everything. (laughs) Better. Nah, keeping the first one. (laughs) The coach is being super hard on Gion because he isn't actually playing for the team and basically calls Gion out and being like, hey, you're not playing rugby yet. You've only been playing for a month, but you're not playing rugby yet. Iwishimizu helps him realize that he still has a lot of frustration and resentment towards large guys for the way that he's been treated in the past. He's basically bullied for his entire life because he's a small dude. And he was trying to join sports teams. He tried to join like the volleyball team, basketball team, football team. Nobody wanted him because he was small. And he ended up getting a lot of resentment for them just trying to find his place in a team and and with people. And because of that, he's got this like bad energy towards big guys and so that's all he's been doing when he's been tackling them is taking out all of his past frustrations on them but soon enough because of Iwishimizu's words and the coach calling him out it clicks for him and he officially mentally joins the team and the training camp ends and that's basically episode seven is just like some background on Gion and some relationship building 
I actually really like how certain episodes throughout the show are just taken to really establish bonds between characters and different characters as well. It's not just main character with someone. It's quite often like odd team members. Just gives you more reason to care about all the other characters, mm-hmm. not just the not just Gion or Iwashimi or whoever. Mm. It just it gives you it just makes you want to care. Hundred percent, and that's pretty difficult to do with a fifteen member team. Well, it's more than fifteen members because not all of them play all the time. But there's fifteen members on a field at any one on the field at any one time. I think there's probably like twenty members on the team in total, if I have to estimate. Uh, like 21, a... 22, something like that. Yeah, However, I feel like there's about five about or six rugby, on the bench. That's a metric fuck ton of people on the field. It is. Yeah. Episode eight, ball games. The coach calls their faculty advisor out on being neglectful. Neglectful. <laughs> the coach calls their faculty advisor out on being neglectful and tells them to come watch their next practice game against a super high ranked school. The game begins and their opponent are being really shady with their tactics of barely legal plays and fucking with them mentally, trying to anger Jinko into not playing well successfully. It's kind of all the first, uh, all the episode eight is. Their faculty advisor sucks balls during this oh, section. Yeah, their faculty advisor is a fucking prick. Right? Mean. Mean. Not a nice person at this time. Episode nine, you've gotten stronger. The game progresses and their advisor is an ass. He's an absolute dick. He's not just a dick about the fact that he completely neglected them for a really long ass time, but he's like being a dick to them while they're playing. Like they're trying hard and he's just like, mm, well, you should be like, what are you even doing? Are you... <laughs> I don't know. He pisses me off. So mean. Oh, I don't know. Ends up getting subbed out for Ebony. And they managed to make a slight comeback with his help. Ebony is their wing, who wasn't on the field during their first practice game. But he is on the field during this practice game. And he is really fast and really good at playing. He's just a bit hot-headed because of like the way that he functions. He's just a hot-headed guy. Oharano actually ended up getting subbed out because of them provoking him and him not doing amazing team stuff because he is used to being around other guys who are kind of on his level and a lot of the team haven't been playing for as long as he has he kind of grew up playing rugby you know so he wasn't the best of the team he got subbed out for me they managed to make a slight comeback with his help however the difference in fundamental in <laughs> however the difference in fundamentals is well fundamental The coach tells them to absorb everything they can from their opponents and really use this to learn. The captain gets injured, but instead of it diminishing team spirit, his determination fires everyone up. Their advisor realizes that this isn't the lackadaisical team that he remembers, and the last time he saw a game was actually two years ago, when their captain was just a first year and was basically trying it by himself. They play their heart out and earn the respect of their opponents, even though they lose the game. So they're two losses down. What did you think of them losing their second practice game? Again, I think they're playing the eighth person in the entire nation. Yeah, I think it's another top eight school. Yeah, so they kind of deserve to have their teeth kicked in again. But it was good to see that they had made improvements over the last game. Yeah, 100%. I also really like that... Um, Gion, our kind of main character, he is, but isn't our main character because he's not the focal point of everything, but it kind of isn't originally established that he's a main character. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Like he's he's the main character, but it's still very team centered. Hundred percent. Yeah, and I really like that they actually didn't play him in this game because he is a noob and he shouldn't be playing in all of the games when he has only been playing rugby for like I don't know what two months at this point. Mm-hmm. And there are much better players than him on the team. So although he has you know the muscles and the physical ability to be able to play. He's still not there with the rules, the tactics, the strategy. He doesn't have a proper position yet. He's still kind of like playing the Gion position. And he's not good at catching. There's a lot of stuff that he can't do. So it makes sense for him not to be included in this practice game. And I really like that they actually did that. Agreed. Plus it means we get to know some of the other members on the team as well. Everybody gets growth. Yeah! Episode 10. I ate too much shaved ice. Coach takes, makes them run, to the beach to do more training, having to make up for their lack of equipment by uh, using what's around them. Basically, it's the standard, we're a poor team and we don't have any weight, so we're gonna go to the beach and run on the sand episode. It happens in so many animes. In so many sports So animes. many sports animes. In fact, every one that we've watched. Yep. It's that whole um, underdog, we have no equipment, so... We make do with what we got thing. And genuinely, running on the sand is a fantastic workout. So it does make sense. And Japan's an island. A lot of beaches. Japan is multiple islands. (laughs) Lots of beaches. So they're able to, yeah, use that. It's it's what they have around. It would be harder to go with that plot point if it was set in Canada. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) There are less beaches here. Episode 10. I ate too much shaved ice. I already said that. We're going through it again. The coach <laughs> takes him to the beach for the training thing. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I already did that last. I did it with Kuroko, didn't it? We're going to the beach. Do, 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 do. No, you also did that at the very beginning of this episode. Did I? Yeah, there you go, did. I'm living in a SpongeBob world. Obviously. Living in a SpongeBob world. <laughs> I'm a SpongeBob girl in a SpongeBob world. Life is spongy. It's a sponge. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, we're real stupid today. Gion ends up talking to Aharano. Gion. Gion ends up talking to Aharano on the beach and asks him about his younger brother who ended up loving rugby, who loved rugby more than anyone and actually invited him to the rugby sp- rugby school that he went to that is the reason why he's the first year that like knows it so much and is such a good player. However, it turns out that he quickly surpassed his brother, even though his brother had been at the school before him and his brother was younger than him, but he he still quickly like surpassed him and ended up putting his brother in like his shadow and eventually pushing him to quit rugby. And because of that, he won't stop playing rugby until his brother joins back again, even though he now hates rugby because he feels this level of guilt for the way that things happened with his brother because brother loved it, really wanted to play. And then he's like, hey, older brother, you should come join. His brother's like, okay, sure. And then just was a natural at the sport. And that sucks so bad. And he's feeling obviously really, really guilty for it. Gion starts asking him more about positions though, because he's wanting to know how he can improve for the team and be a better member. And Oharano ends up recommending a flanker position for him. Gion and his senpais go to, Gion and one of his senpais go to the best school in the district to spy on the number one flanker and his twin brother, 
but end up getting caught by dot dot dot. Episode 11, you have no feel for the game. No feel for the game. <laughs> I'm all good. I'm fine. Are you? No. You're worrying me a little bit. <laughs> Zamba Ryujin was the guy who caught them, and he is actually their ace. He is a strange player that's basically an extra forward. So rugby teams are kind of split off into forwards and backs, and yeah, they're like, it's kind of like different team, like the different segments of the team do different things, obviously. And the forwards, he's kind of like an extra forward for them. He's a back, but he, the way he plays is kind of like having an extra forward. I don't know if I explain that very well. <laughs> Works for me. Yeah. With him and the twins, they end up crushing their opponent. The boys end up stopping off at a sports shop on their way home and talk about the game, talk about what it means to be small in rugby and they talk about, because both of them are really short, they talk about the game, they talk about how they're feeling from it because Gion's now really fired up from watching the best, from watching one of the best people in like the best teams in the country. But his senpai is actually feeling really down about it because he's like, oh, well, there's no way we could be as good as them. He's feeling really demotivated. But Gion's like, oh my God, that's amazing. I want to like jump on and practice right away because that's our opponents. They're really cool. Because Gion's weird like that. He, everything about him is just like zero to 100%. He doesn't ever do anything at like 50%. That's one thing I really actually, again, appreciate about his character is every time he's on the sidelines, he's watching the game. He's taking notes for the game. He's asking questions. He's really a proactive learner and he's not just like doing the sports regime that was given to him. He's doing what he can outside of the training that he's given, not just physically, but also mentally, like asking questions and trying to learn as much as he can, even though he's kind of a slow learner. Well, I was going to say, did you actually look at his notes whenever it read <laughs> no, them out? They're so stupid. That was brilliant. Yeah. Pass ball. Yeah. Take ball to end of field. Yeah. But they it work for him. It, it's, it's stupid, but it's brilliant. Yeah. I kind of understand, though, because sometimes you just need, like, that little thing to trigger a memory. And I feel like that's kind of what he was getting at. It makes him look really stupid, but I feel like it's kind of like a, he just needs, like, a little trigger to get the thought through. Maybe I'm giving him too much credit, though. Slightly. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, whilst the boys are at the shop, they end up bumping into the twins. And Gion, having now found an idol in Sekito, due to his incredible ability as a flanker, asks him if he thinks that he would make a good one. He ends up testing Gion at a playground, and Gion fails. However, his twin brother sees the potential in Gion due to his willpower that reminds him of how his otaku brother used to be. Episode 12, Joint Practice. This is the last episode that we're going to cover today before we jump into what we think so far of the anime, and then uh, the rest of all of the episodes we are going to cover Next week, next week, this week, coming, Wednesday. <laughs> and the rest of the episodes we're going to be covering on Wednesday, so be sure to come back and check out part two of this podcast episode in its midweek release. Episode 12, Joint Practice. Jinko have a joint practice session with Keijo where they end up playing a game with everyone kind of mixed together. Iwashimizu gets to team up with his old captain and shows how strong he really is with a player that he's confident in and knows. And they obviously played like three years together in middle school. So they're really like in sync with each other as opposed to the fact that, they, um, that Jinko as a team 
the way that they are now have only been together for a couple of months. So three years versus a couple of months, his, he's able to play with his captain a lot more comfortably than he is with everyone else. Especially considering the first like month of him playing with Jinko, he was battling with his trauma from having dislocated the arm of his previous captain. Jan ends up getting subbed in towards the end of the game and tries out the flanker position. He is all over the place, by but trying as hard as he possibly can in his own crazy way. The coaches end up bonding, and overall, it was a great learning experience for Jinko. And that is where we're going to end for today. So what do you think so far? So far, probably the best sports anime we've covered to this point, in my opinion. Ooh, I, I think I agree, to be honest. I think I agree. There's still 13 episodes to let me down. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but I, I'm really enjoying what I've seen so far. Yeah, I I really like All Out. I really like the way that they've laid it out. I really like the underdog story, but not too much of an underdog to where you're feeling like unrealistic or bored. I like the humor throughout it. I think it's very funny. I like the unique animation style. Freaking love the OP. Think it's great. I like that they have not all good guys. I feel like they've got some real good anti-heroes throughout the show. And I like how they give airtime to a lot of the characters, and that only continues as the show progresses. That's definitely a good thing, because the more characters it makes you feel for, ultimately, the better off it's going to be as the show progresses. Yeah, and they do a really good job of introducing a new character's backstory, and then referring back to the characters that they've already established. So you don't feel like they show someone and then that person kind of disappears and they just showed them for a while. Like they keep that person, they include a new person, but they add them into the fray as opposed to like chucking somebody else out to replace them, you know? Yeah, agreed. But yeah, that's my thoughts. Any any extra thoughts on your end? Um, for right now, I I don't know if I have any any thought. Let's wrap this bitch up. So, you can find the absolutely lovely Blue Lavender on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Blue Lavender. Whenever she decides to end her hi- hiatus, I can speak. <laughs> I do real words. Me, human. Mm. You can also find her on Instagram and Twitter at Blue Lavender STM and on YouTube and TikTok at Blue Lavender if you like the artsy thingies. Yeah, if you like Brad, who is the lovely voice that I have been talking with today, you can find him on Twitch. He's streaming way more regularly than I am right now at Brad Carter Gaming. You could also find him on Instagram under the same handle, Brad Carter Gaming. He also runs our social media for the podcast. So if you want to check out some updates, some fun memes, things like that, we are at BNB Anime on everything. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, all under that title super fun super easy super convenient and we also have a website where if you would like to listen to all of our archived episodes everything that we've already done all of the animes that we have previously covered you can go to www.bnbanime.com and if you also want to put a face to our name uh, or a face to a voice i suppose and find out some more information about us also some background on why we're doing this and some of our voice acting stuff our art projects things like that that's all on the website as well uh 
Uh, on the YouTube channel, we also have all of our previous archived episodes, so if you have missed one, you can check them all out there. Drop us some suggestions in the comments for some things to cover in the future, and some themes to have for over the months, because we love to hear you guys' opinions and thoughts, as well as your opinions and thoughts on the episodes that we are specifically covering. So have you guys seen All Out? If you have seen All Out, feel free to hit us up in those DMs or in the comment section to let us know your thoughts and opinions on what we think during the show. And yeah, again, second half of this is coming out on Wednesday, so keep your eyes peeled for when that drops. But outside of that, thank you all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it, and we will catch y'all on Wednesday. But until then, bye-bye. Bye!